As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. Welcome to the Engineer Your Success podcast. My name is Dr. James Bryant, your host for today's show. And I have the pleasure of having Alvina as a guest today. Alvina, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am doing excellent. Why don't you tell the listeners of the podcast a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name's Alvina. I'm a mechanical engineer. I've been working about 10 to 11 years now in the industry and recently pivoted towards change management. And uh, basically my background is mostly construction, did a lot of field work, got to travel a little bit to Newfoundland and like remote areas and things. So it was very intense in the beginning of my engineering journey with flying in, flying out and all of that. And then slowly finding my place and what I think really represents me now, like the engineer, but also the artist and the philosopher. And I feel like that's that marriage between engineering and arts, if you want to call it that, or psychology. Yeah, I think that's, you know, probably when you look at STEM versus STEAM and STEAM inviting the arts into that discussion, because the artistic part of who we are, we don't always feed that part. We don't always kind of lean into that part. And I think it's important to acknowledge when you do have that creative space, right? When you have that itch that you, it does really help you be a better engineer, a better manager. A, a more well-rounded individual when you're able to build on that part of yourself. But let's talk a little bit about your career trajectory and kind of some of the things you had mentioned that you were traveling and you were doing some things. So, you know, let's talk about that. Yeah, sure. So I guess like in the beginning when I started, you know, you can imagine a 23, 24-year-old fresh out of university, ready to embark on the career journey and all. And I was really excited about that. I was really excited to be able to really directly go into the field immediately. You know, I didn't have that much time in the office per se. I had a few months, but then immediately I touched the ground, you know, get your hands dirty. And it was really exciting, but I realized now looking back that it was quite a shock to the system as well, (laughs) because it was such a big contrast to, you know, how school is, for example, you're this kind of, this very, regulated, controlled environment when you're in school, you have class, you have this, you have homework and everyone's a certain way or whatnot. And then when you go into the field, especially in construction, the culture is really different, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to get used to that. And you know, you often hear, Hey, you gotta have some, you know, you gotta have thick skin and all that. And it comes from this idea that, you know, that you're going to f- have a bit of a shock sometimes, especially as a woman, I feel like it was a bigger shock, but, and, and it played into a lot of, you know, feeling that imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. the beginning. So, so what, it, what, what was an example of some of the biggest culture shocks that you ran into being a woman going into the field, you're on a construction site. What were some of the things that you actually ran into? So I think it's really funny because I think when you're a woman in, in engineering in general, 
Mm-hmm. You kind of do get prepared a little bit because when you're in school, you're often one of the few girls anyway, right? So yeah, you kind of yeah. were trained in a way to deal with that a little bit. So it's, yes, it is a shock, but maybe not as drastic, let's say. But so I think what I did was I really used that experience, you know, how I dealt with things while I was in school. And sometimes it was funny because sometimes being different actually helped me because yeah. it was because I'm a girl suddenly when I entered, if everybody was, you know, being a bit, I guess, loud and vulgar or whatever, they would, oops, they would tone it down. Oh, there's a lady in the room. <laughs> sometimes it, it worked to kind of tone down the environment and it, mm-hmm. it helped everybody in a way because it decreased the tension in the room. <laughs> yeah. Other times it could be the opposite where, you know, that same kind of that fragility around being a woman would could hinder also because it's like, oh, can you handle this stress? Are you sure you can handle this project? Are you mm. sure you can handle this responsibility? Yeah. So it's, it's finding like that balance between where it's actually helping and where it could kind of, uh, you know, deter in a way. But it's learning to to navigate through that and learning how to leverage the good side. And so, so what would you say the behavioral expectations are on the construction site? Uh, is it that type of boisterous, very direct, you know, what were the expectations? Okay. So it's interesting that you say that because I think that when I came in, I started to feel after a while, I started to feel like, oh, am I in the wrong place? Because Mm -hmm. of what I saw as the examples of, um, you know, who, what the leader looked like in that environment, you know, for me in that time, when I saw a leader, I saw usually like these, you know, these tall, big guys, loud, you know, and very commanding and what I back then maybe saw as direct or assertive. And so it started to define this kind of image of, oh, I I need to be that to be successful in this environment. So it started to feel a bit overwhelming and daunting because I was like, I'm not that person. Like I'm physically not that person also. (laughs) So am I going to fake it till I make it? Or, you know, because you think maybe that's what I have to do. Yeah, maybe I have to act like this and then I'll be seen. So I think that became like that becomes the expectation that you got to emulate this image that you see. But over time, I realized and I saw examples of people with, you know, colleagues, peers who were growing with me as you. And I saw how it was like diverging in terms of how I was developing and how they were developing. And I learned a lot from others. So like I, I noticed that people who were doing that thing of, oh, I got to emulate this. It wasn't going well for them. So mm-hmm. I was like, OK, that does not work. <laughs> you know? <laughs> At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done for you services or as done with you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today. Yeah, it's finding that space where you can authentically be yourself and live out your experience. And, you know, I wanted to kind of mention that just because a lot of people deal with that. You know, this is the expectation of what success looks like. And that's how I have to emulate my life. But if that is not who you authentically are, then you're going to set yourself up for failure. Now, it may take you some time to get comfortable with the uniqueness of you. But mm-hmm. once you get there, uh, I yeah. think it really becomes a springboard for your success. 
Yeah. And, you know, you know, we often hear, especially for women, lean in. And recently, like, I it, like had this epiphany and I was like, you know what? There, there's a piece missing just a little bit in that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of changes the message a little. Because I think it's more about not just leaning in, but lean into yourself. Yes. So it's about, I think that is like when you kind of have like the aha moment in your head where you're like, oh yeah, like lean, because if you just lean in, you could be leaning in to something that you're not. And I, and I think that's where it gets really exhausting. And, and that's when you face things like burnout and you're constantly feeling like this pressure on your chest because you're just like, oh gosh, it, it's, it's like going up against the grain and like just uphill constantly. Yeah. And, and I think that's where it kind of made, started to make sense to me where the things I had seen when I was younger, I was like, oh, this is a weakness. I got to change this. So I saw myself as too soft. You know, it's like, oh, I'm too soft for this industry or I'm, I'm too nice. I'm too gentle. Like this approach will never work. Look at these mm-hmm. people, you know, there's, it's loud. And then, but then fully, I was like, you know, this isn't who I am. And I, I don't even know how to be like that. It's just, it just, even if I try, I, I don't know how to be that. So, mm-hmm. so it, it, in that moment, it was funny because in that mindset that like I had, a, I was like, look, I'm just going to just see what happens. I'm young. Like, let's just see. And in, in when I gave like kind of, gently i still had that image but i kind of let it go a little bit put it on the side and that's when i really started to feel like oh this is actually working because i realized that what i was offering what i was seeing as a weakness was actually a really big strength in this environment because there weren't enough people like that so what i'm talking about is i came in as someone that was like hey i want to collaborate i want to learn so it just was more magnetic naturally. Like people just wanted to work with me. They wanted to get things done because there was that team spirit, that synergy that was building automatically. Yes. I didn't have to force it. I didn't have to force you to do that thing. I didn't have to yell at you to do it. You know, you did it because you thought it was fun to work with me and you wanted to be on my team and work together. So so that's when I realized like, oh, okay, there's another way of going around and finding your way to success. I mean, that's cool. So you know, one of the uh, key success principles is that, you know, you're when you are authentically yourself, that's a key to your future success. When, when you can lean into yourself and be who you are, then success follows. And I think that's absolutely great. So once you got to that point and you're now leaning into you and you're like, okay, this is working. What happened next? You know, you were getting success and what was the next step? Yeah, so then at one point, you know, like at this time, I'm still kind of um, flying in, flying out. And then at one point, I was like, you know what? I, I do want to have a family at one point. So how do I make this work? How do I choose career over family? Is it a choice? Is it an absolute? Like, is it black or white? You know, because that's how it seems sometimes. And I think that's a really good question that you're asking because often I find that when we're in a certain work environment, we mm-hmm. kind of become blind to what else exists outside. So outside of this employer, for example, what are other possibilities? And we sometimes maybe assume or think that it's probably like this anywhere else, but it's not true at all. And I realized that after a while that, you know, I could continue to go, you know, do more projects, but do smaller projects perhaps and do them at, at a different employer where I could still have the role of a project manager, but not have to work like 50, 60, 80 hours a week, you know, yeah. and yeah. flying in and out. And it's about, 
it's about first, like, even before you look for anything else, I think the, the most important thing you have to do is really sit down with yourself and be really honest on yeah. what do I value with my life? Where am I right now? What, where do I want to go? Like forget work for a second, like just, just take that out of the picture and just look at when I look at life, what does a successful life mean? Like what, who's in there with me? Who's, do I have kids in this future? Do I have a husband, do I have a partner? You know, are, are my parents close to me? Who are the people? What are the players and what does my life look like and have that, create that image. And then it's so much easier than make those choices. Mm -hmm. when it comes time to leave an employer because you know what if you just leave and just go to the next thing you might fall back in the same traps again so i yeah. think it's so important to sit and like kind of take a step back and just look at what do i really want to, you know without thinking about what others want for me for example and Ooh. questioning really Ooh, questioning. that's a good that's a good one when you <laughs> yeah. think about what you want and not necessarily what others want for you or what society yeah. wants for you or what other people say Oh, yeah. you have your engineering degree, so you should do this. And you're yeah. already doing great at project management. And if you continue on this track, you can do this. It's what Absolutely. do you really want? You know, part of the process that we use in the engineer's blueprint is that first phase is focus on matters most to you. So we're walking clients through. Let's list what matters most. And the second, how, do, how are you using your time? How are you using the time that you have? to start designing and building the life that you want, you know, because now you, you said that this is what matters to you right. and now you're visualizing what that life looks like. Just, just what you just talked about, you know, exactly. you, say, you have a family there. What are you doing for work? What are you doing for life? And what does that life look like? And mm -hmm. then designing a plan to bridge that gap. So it's absolutely correct. So you've, you're going through this process. You're visualizing what life looks like and what did success look like for you? How did you define success in that moment? So, okay. So it's really funny because if I dial back a few notches, it's funny because the reason why I even got onto this journey was because at one point around, I think 2018, I was like, I experienced coaching at work and, mm -hmm. and I was like, whoa, this is a job. Like someone has a job to help people like this. Wow. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So I started to look into it and I was like, you know, I like helping people. I like the, the, the vibe of this. And so I started to look into it and eventually I decided, you know what, I'm going to go get a certification. And in that moment, I was like, you know, I just, I want to know, I'm doing this because I want to know how to do it at work, for example, so that mm -hmm. I could help coach somebody or peers or whatever. But when I started the certification, I was like, just my mind just exploded. I was like, okay, this is what coaching is about. And, and it really opened up so much. And a lot of it came down to like, before helping others, I was like, I, I got to look at myself. You know, it, it yes. allowed me to kind of put the mirror in front of me. And, and because that, that was part of the, the certification was working on ourselves. And I was like, wait, I have to work on myself. No, I want to help other people. I came here to help other people. You know? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know? so, so that's what really got me into that, onto this journey. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I really started to explore, like, you know what? I realized that a lot of what I was doing or um, what I had, you know, the, like we talked about the image of success and what was success anyway, like with, outside of construction, like just in my life, I realized that a lot of it was based on 
many things. So, for example, it was based on the fact that, you know, my parents immigrated to Canada. I was seven years old. I saw them struggle. And a lot of it was as if I felt this need to be like, to prove it to them that, you know, it's okay. You know, maybe you didn't get to taste the success. You wanted to taste, well, I'm going to give it to you because I'm going to be successful. Mm -hmm. So let me be the thing that you want me to be. So then it was really hard to separate, like, okay, how much of this is really me and how much of this is my desire to to show proof of success to my parents, you know? So that was really hard to separate because I was like holding on to that so much. And even now, I honestly, it's it's really hard to separate like what's really me and what's that, you know? So that was a really big realization. And then, and I had to, the the other thing was also, once I got into engineering, I didn't have any clue of how, how much adversity uh, I would face as a woman. It was never, it never occurred to me because in high school, it was just like, okay, I'm good in math and science. Obviously I'll I'll go into this field because for me, it was like a duh. You know, but when I got in, I was like, oh, wait, this is weird. And I was being questioned, you know, especially as I, when I would say, even to people like outside of school, like, oh, I'm studying mechanical engineering. And the response I would often get is, but you're a girl, like just Ooh. immediately. Wow. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, so it was, and it was like receiving that stuff that kind of, I think <laughs> made me want to prove even more like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, watch me. So then. But now when I think back, I'm like, well, how much of what I did was to prove something to my, my parents in terms of, oh, we, I can show you success mm-hmm. to other people who are questioning women. Oh, I can show you a woman in engineering. So, and then I was like, okay, but how much of that is just me responding to yeah. others? Yes. And so where's the me, the real me? And that, and I think at that one, I was felt really at a loss, but that's a good thing because when you feel like that, you're like, okay, I got to do some digging here, you know? And that's when it hit me that what I needed as a person was that balance between like the left and the right brains, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Because I, I do have this artistic side. I do have this curiosity about human nature and wanting to understand like the psychology of things, behavior and all that. But I also am fascinated about why does a plane fly? Why is that not falling on my head? Like, how does that work? So, you know, so I do have these two things, but what's common in them is curiosity. And that's what really stuck with me. It's like, oh, I am like this. I realized that if I had to put a label on myself, it would be lifelong learner. I need to keep learning because that's the way I look at life. We have a yes. short life. There's so much to learn. <laughs> yes. And so, and so that's where, you know, I found change management because I found that it was this marriage between really the left and the right sides because you have you know, let's say a technical project, maybe you're, you know, there's a client who's going through a, like a technical transformation there, you're using a new ERP software, like SAP or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's a very technical thing, but as people, they are experiencing a change, a transformation. So there's a lot to look at in terms of human behavior, the impact of that, that the psychology of that, you know, so, so it's really this marriage. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so me. This is exactly me. It's like between <laughs> the two and, and so all this to say that when you get to that point where you, you feel that kind of that hole where you're like, wait, where am I? I realize I'm respond. I have been responding my whole life to society's comments and yes. <laughs> expectations. So then as soon as you ask that, it allows you to make space to answer it, you know, to answer yes. that question. Yes. I want to invite you to the next unwebinar. What is an unwebinar? It's no slides. No sales pitch, just added value. These are small group discussions that are designed 
to really be two-way conversations between you and myself, where you can get insight and advice on the issues that you're dealing with today. The overall goal is to equip you with what you need so that you can win at work and at home. Understand you do not have to do it alone. Sign up for the next UnWebinar today. It goes along the premise of why I initially got into coaching and even my parent company, which is better you for you. And it's, you get to that point where you're pulling away these layers, right? And I'm not, who am I doing this for? And am I doing this for my parents? Am I doing it for society? Am I doing it for others? And you begin to look at yourself in the mirror and you see yourself for who you are, not who you project to be. And you strip all of that away. Then that gives you the foundation and the curiosity to build, to continue to build your life into how you want it to be designed. And I think that is absolutely key. I think it's great Mm -hmm. that you went on this journey of thinking before I can help others, I need to help myself. I need to work on me so that I understand the intricacies of that. And I know what it's like to come out on the other side. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And so now you're doing change management. Are you working for a company that's helping other companies go through the process? Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah, so I'm working for a basically a consulting firm. And mm-hmm. what we do is, you know, companies that are going through a transformation, it could be also organizational transformation, for example. But often right now, I feel like in this space, in the change management space, it's often usually like a ERP, you know, like a software type of change. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I, ever since I've joined, I really can see so many other kind of projects benefiting from that from this just like for example let's say i'll stick to construction as an example so for example when you're in construction there's so many different models you can follow as a company you know you can decide that okay i'm the prime contractor i'm not the prime contract i'm, I'm just a subcontractor so all this comes with layers of structuring your business and all the legalities of it and also then all of this impacts like the people so if you decide to become you know a different type of a service provider now you got to train all your people so that they can give that, offer that service. So there is always in any kind of transformation that's related to a business, there will be a human impact mm-hmm. because without people, a business is just an empty building with a logo, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel like there's so much we can do with change management. It's just that I feel like it's very sometimes abstract for, mm-hmm. for folks who are coming from very technical fields like engineering, like construction, because it's just so abstract. You know, it's like psychology mostly and it's applied psychology really. But I, I, and I've been really kind of voicing this more and more to try to make that connection because it would be so useful because even in an engineering company or whatever, I will like get to the most technical place, you know, there's still people working there yes. and where there's people, there will be, you know, the, psycholo- the psychological impact and the human behavior that you have to look at. So there's definitely work to do there. And I think that a lot of, a lot more businesses could really benefit from it. If it was perhaps just, maybe it's about translating that abstract concept yes. into more concrete concept. So like really talking about impact. Okay. So if you do this, that means this for your bottom line, you know, mm-hmm. or it means it's it for to your- has to go back to the bottom line. line. Yeah. So it's, I think there's so much potential in this field right now, but like I said, right now, the main focus is really on a lot of, you know, ERP type of projects. So 
you know, when you think of SAP or Oracle or those type yeah. of things. Yeah. So we basically help people, help companies go through that transition of understanding like, okay, what are the changes you're bringing in? What will be the impacts of this training? What do people need to do to learn, to go? And is there resistance? And if there is resistance, how do we manage it? How do we win people over, get them to see the what's in it for me, basically? Yeah. So it's, it's that key. You know, what's in it for me? Everyone's thinking that. So you have to answer it, basically. Yeah. I often say that engineers are people too, right? So, you know, yeah, we're engineers and you have these people in these companies. Doesn't matter what level that you are. Engineers are people too. And so we exactly. have the same issues that you're talking about and understanding how to navigate the people part of change management, the people part of what you're introducing, because it doesn't matter how good the software is. It doesn't matter how good the system is. It doesn't matter how good your business plan is. You still need people to actually execute that plan. And if you have yeah. a people problem and you don't understand how to navigate that people problem, you are going to have issues executing your plan. Absolutely. And like, just to give like a funny example. Okay. So my mom, when we like at one point, you know, she's in that generation where we had to teach her how to use a computer, for example. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was really cute. So obviously in the beginning, it was the one finger typing yes. none. And so just imagine, okay. So, uh, and now I'm just kind of segueing to what you said. So if I buy my mom the most intricate state of the art keyboard, let's say that's, you know, touch and whatever it lights up, it does all these amazing things, but she's still doing this with two figures. It's not going to be, it's not going to give you any better results. So you just, I might've invested a thousand dollars in this keyboard, but the keyboard was never the issue. The issue was I never taught her how to use it properly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so like you said, if you don't respond to the needs of people and what they need to use the tool and, and to understand why it's so important to to do that to share that to be transparent when you're going through a transformation it's so important to win people over from the beginning not later it's often i find i i, I do see it less and less but i feel like back in the day i have examples of when when i went through as you know as the, on the user side through mm -hmm. a transformation at a company and you know it it wasn't necessarily shared soon enough so it caused panic because i was like well we're doing this in how long now i don't know how to use this so it created panic right it was like how am i gonna do this how am i gonna so i think the key is to start sharing from the beginning in bite-sized pieces you know based on what you need to know right now type of basis and then slowly that knowledge bank increases in people's minds are getting kind of primed you're kind of priming people for this change in a way yeah and so then when the change happens they'll also be prepared to ask the right questions and they'll start questioning like what are you know how does this impact me and that will in turn help the business come with the answers come up with the answers right so mm -hmm. you know for example one of the things we do here is like we do workshops where we bring people in together not big groups because you really want them to talk so we'll go like through departments and we'll talk to different groups and say like okay this is a change that affects your group you know let's go through that like how does this impact you is and, and like rate this impact is it high medium low and future state current state what's the difference so it really you know you get people talking about it for real and yeah. not just oh i'm concerned why are you concerned tell me more so like get people to explain what's worrying them and so then you can respond with properly built training that are really answering their needs right 
Hey, this is James, and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. We're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. You're inviting them into the process versus putting the process on them in a sense. You know, you're saying, hey, we're developing this. We need your help. We want your insight. Let's get in these small groups and get that interaction. And I think that's absolutely great. So, you know, you've covered a lot of different (laughs) tips, I think, that folks will be able to use engineers and non-engineers will be able to use to help continue their journey towards success, you know, and so one, as I recall, is that you have to get to the point where you can define your success and you're not defining your success by what other people say. And another is, you know, really lean into you, be authentically who you are and lean into that because what you think is may be a weakness can actually be your strength when you're authentically showing up as yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are some other pieces of advice that uh, you would give for people in terms of whether they're going on a transformation journey or they're just in their career, whether they've started a business, they're an engineer, they're working in change management. What are some general principles that you would suggest or give, you know, the listeners for success? Okay. So I think something that really helped me so for me it's my like proven way and and it's easy it's really easy it's the first thing is if you don't know something don't pretend to know it be real about it and it's okay not to know it that's not what strength is the strength lies in being able to say actually i don't know it mm-hmm. please share you know and, and that's actually stronger right like that's a, a show of strength because you're able to show other people hey i'm not going to disintegrate just because I admitted something, because I don't know, or I messed up. Look, I yeah. am still here. I haven't spontaneously combusted because yeah. I didn't have the answer. Yeah. You know, so I think that also speaks to, that's how you build confidence. Because the, the more you get comfortable asking questions, what you realize is that confidence is not actually about knowing everything. It's actually about knowing that you have the potential to keep learning. That mm. just because you graduated in 2011 doesn't mean that your education stopped there. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. You're still learning. You're still learning. And, and that's what life is. It's a journey about, it's about learning. And you're learning about yourself. You're learning about your environment. You're learning about your family, people. You're constantly learning. As long as you're alive, you are learning every day. Learn something new if you want. Right. So I think if you live by that principle that, hey, confidence actually is about acknowledging my ability to learn and grow. It's so much easier to feel confident then, right? It's no longer about, I got to be a subject matter expert of everything. Yeah. That's not what it is. And I think that's also the difference if you want to be a leader versus if you want to be a subject matter expert, that's fine as well. If you want to specialize in something, go for it. You will be, you know, you will get that title. You will be the SME and people will come to you for that specific topic. And Mm -hmm. that's awesome. We need SMEs. But if you are someone who is like, no, I want to, going to leadership, you have to let go of the idea that you also need to be SME because you can't, it's impossible. Yeah. You know, go talk to a CEO. They don't know the intricate details of everything. That's why they have SME so they can 
rely on their resources. So I think that's important. And also I would say that something that that I really think is important to think about whether you're talking about a transformation on an individual level, so like growing in some way or learning or whatever it is, or if you're talking about an organization, it's really the, you know, the, the pro-sci principle of ADCAR, so the yeah. A-D-K-A-R. So I think the, the ADCAR principle really can fit with, like just on an individual basis, but it, you know, it's designed for an organizational change, but it does make sense when you use it for yourself. So if you want to change something, you have to f- make sure that you're able to respond to the A-D-K-A-R. So the A would be, for example, if you want to, if you want to, let's say, I'll, I'll use an example that's not career related. So I, let's say someone's like, I want to be healthier. I want to lose weight, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. So the A would be the awareness of what is the change I, I'm looking for? Oh, I'm going to lose weight. But why do you want to do it? What will this bring? What's the benefit of it? Then you start, you know, you started bringing depth into it. And when you do that, it motivates you. Because if you're just saying at the beginning of the year, I want to lose weight, but without any depth, how easy is it to be like, ah, not today. The treadmill doesn't look good to me. But if you start attaching the why I want to do this, what will it do? What will it bring? What's, you know, what will it bring into my life? How will it make me better or whatever? And then you realize that it was not about losing weight, perhaps. It was about feeling something. It was about... Yes. Having the energy to spend, you know, time with my kids when they come after school and playing with them or having the energy to do, it's usually about having the energy or maybe it's about, you know, self-confidence. There's other reasons, but there's something deeper that's making you say, I want to lose weight. So the A helps you do that, the awareness piece. Mm-hmm. Then the D is about desire. So that, that also plays with, you know, like, okay, do I really have the desire to do this? And how do I motivate myself to do this? You know, how do I ignite that desire so you know you can see the parallel you can apply the same thing to an organization and be like okay how do i build that desire like how do i get people to want this change the k is knowledge on okay i want i know this is why and i do want it i'm motivated now knowledge how do i do it mm-hmm. what do i need to know to do this do i know how to do it do i know how to get healthier do i know how to cook healthy meals do i need to learn something and then the a is ability right after k and the thing about here it can be kind of tricky because knowledge and ability sometimes get confused with, you know, you got trained in this, so now you should be able to do it. All right. I know how to do it, but ability also looks at my resources. Yes. Do I have the time to do it? That is also ability, right? Do I have the yes. time to do what I'm saying? Do I, can I actually, can I know the concept in my head, but physically can I execute it? Can I lift a hundred pound weight? No. You know, maybe, okay, so what can I do? Maybe I could start with five. So it's like knowledge yeah. and ability. That's the difference. But what can I actually do in terms of my resources? And then the R at the end is reinforcement. So, okay, how do I reinforce this behavior? So do I reward people or myself, depending on the, whatever the project is? So it's like, how do I reinforce this behavior? How do I encourage myself to keep doing this? So that's why I love how this simple acronym can really be translated for different contexts, I just gave you a very personal life, you know, type of context, but it can be used for career goals. It can be used for larger macro, like organizational goals. So it's really simple yes. and that's what makes it powerful because you can apply it to any context. So, yes. Wow. That <laughs> is amazing. Avina, I want to thank you for joining the podcast. I want to thank you for just dropping lots and lots of value to our podcast listeners. I've really appreciated uh, this conversation and the previous conversation. 
that we've had. I think you're absolutely just a wonderful human being, a great <laughs> engineer. I try, I try. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, and I can tell through our conversations that you're really passionate about helping people and companies transform. If the podcast listeners want to follow up or get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to, to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So they can uh, look me up on LinkedIn, Alvina Nadim, or they could follow me on Instagram. It's at Coach Alvina, if that's the simplest to remember. So there's also that. Okay. And what we'll do is we'll include links to that as both of those social media. We'll include that in the show notes. We'll also include just a brief bio. Uh, so you can get to know Alvina a little bit more and, and come to get a glimpse of the person that I've been getting to know and to enjoy. And I'm going to close the podcast like I always do, is that many people know what to do and fewer mm -hmm. people know how to do it. And there's a select group of people that actually do it. I mean, they go out and they're living the life of their dreams. And Alvina, I want to thank you because you are part of that select few. And it's been wonderful having this conversation with you. Oh, thank you so much. It was an honor. Thank you. I had a blast. All right. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it. And a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life, and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.